Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, it's time for the B-A-Q-A. Q-A, okay, the B-A-Q-A, what you say, the B-A-Q-A with Manday and Tiffany. Woohoo! You know I'm going to forget that next week, so yeah, commit that to memory. Um, it, it's time for the Brown Ambition question and answer. You have questions, we have some answers. Two smart brown girls who are not your financial advisor, not an attorney, not Let's an engineer. Let's set the expectation, right? We just talked about that. Child, <laughs> but what we are is smart um, yeah. And so you take what we say with a grain of salt and certainly lean into those people in your life, like your financial advisor, people you pay money to for, for professional advice. All right. Well, if you have a question um, you'd like answered, where can they go, manager, to get questions answered? Oh, so many options. But y'all's favorite seems to be Instagram. You can hit us up, slide into our DMs. We are at Brown Ambition Podcast on the gram. Mm-hmm. You can also send us an email. We're brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're old fashioned, just head over to brownambitionpodcast.com, click ask us anything or contact us, and you can submit your question that way. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to hearing from y'all. Yes. We got some juicy money questions this week. Let's start with our first question who would like to remain anonymous which is fine she so she or he or they say mandra and tiff i need help but i oh she's a little dramatic with lots of emojis Mm -hmm. (laughs) truly i do need your help i started my private dining business several years ago but was never really able to grow and groom it because of all of my responsibilities at my nine to five corporate job as i'm approaching 40 years old in just two years and have experienced an unfortunate amount of death of close to love of close loved ones over the past two years I've reflected and decided I do not want to be in my 60s saying I wish I would have chased this dream or that dream. That said, I've decided to level up the business I started and take a leap of faith to invest in a food trailer. This is going to literally take my business to the next level and give me the tools I really need to go full force. The problem is I don't have a ton of cash on hand. And because I want to go full in on this, I'm considering taking money out of my retirement account to cover the startup expenses. I'm looking into grants and startup funding options, but going directly to my retirement account would give me quicker access. My plan would be to pay myself back as my business grows and scales. What are y'all's thoughts on this? Well, first I want to say, let's give you a name. We're going to call you... Foodie? Foodie. So, Foodie, I just want to say, one, I just want to, you know, acknowledge that you have death of some close ones in the last couple of years. You know, I know that, you know, I can't imagine what losing a number of people must be like. So I just want to say, you know, I want to acknowledge that. And two, you are doing something that my therapist, who's helped me through my grief, 
is doing, which is a good thing, which is she said, grief, you have two choices with grief. Tiffany, grief can let you, can constrict you. And, you know, those are the folks who someone passes away. They just decide never to leave their house. They're just basically almost like waiting to die themselves or they do less and less and less. Or she said, grief can expand you. And it makes you look around and say, I... I, I'm I'm acknowledging my humanness and my humanity and that we are here temporarily. And so I'm going to make the most of it. So I'm going to expand. And it sounds like to me that you are expanding. So I just wanted to celebrate that awareness that you're like, you know what? I don't want to be 60 and not have and live my life. So I just want to be like, kudos to you for allowing grief to expand you. I'm saying those goods. I'm doing a sandwich because girl, you better leave the retirement money alone. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. My concern is this. She said something like, she said, um, I'm looking into grants and startup funding, but to go directly to my retirement account would give me quicker access. Quicker. Yeah. That girl, I read that sis. Foodie? Yep. Girl, come sit down next to me, man. Right between <laughs> us. Right between us, foodie. This is like in church when you're acting up, you got to sit right between your parents. And you're like, uh-huh. foodie, you said, now if you said I have applied to 10 different grants, I have da da da. I have, and I can't find any funding. Then maybe I might be like, huh? But quicker access is not better access. It's just yeah. now. And so I want you to do this food truck thing because it sounds amazing and you sound awesome. But I don't want you to do it to the detriment of your future. I'm going to just give you. A, I'm going to let Mandy jump in, but I'm going to give you um a tool that's really helpful. They help folks. If there's this company called Rising Tide Capital, if you go to Rising Tide, T-I-D-E, capital.org, O-R-G, I used to teach with them. They have like a six-week course from what I remember uh, where they teach entrepreneurs to entrepreneurs. And, and it's, a, it's on, on a sliding scale. So you don't have to pay for a price. I mean, some people totally go for free. And, and they also help to open you up to grants and funding and things at the end of that. So you get to learn everything from business, um, finance, to marketing, to all the things they teach you in the six-week um, uh, program, um, damn near for free. And then, like I said, you have access to potential funding at the end. So I want you, before you jump into taking money, that should be the last, last, last case scenario, not your first jump in because it's quicker. And so like, you know, girl. Yeah, yeah that struck me too, because I understand, as someone who's also really impatient, <laughs> and I'm like, I just want the thing that I want now. And when I decide I want to do something, I'm like, so what's the quickest way to point B now that I'm at point A and I want to get there? So I, that really resonated with me. But I agree. I think that the fact that you haven't, the one thing about grants and looking for like, um, other funding options, even if you were to do a friends and family round of funding, mm-hmm. you know, I would say the benefit of going those, yes, slower routes to get some funding is that it kind of forces you to put together, you know, a case for why they should invest in you. And I think ultimately that work of writing down a business plan, a strategy, how are you going to cover your expenses? What are your long term ongoing costs? You know, what kind of labor needs? Like having to actually explain all of that is, I think, really good business practice in mm-hmm. and of itself to better prepare you. And so my fear, if you were to just kind of go the easy route and and raid your retirement fund to buy this trailer, is that then you're going to have the trailer, but then what about? like executing on that. And are you even ready for that trailer yet? You know, I, and we don't know much about you. I don't know much about your business. Maybe you are really ready and and there's just not that stuff that I don't know, but I feel like sometimes when we go to ourselves first, it's almost like we fear asking for help Mm -hmm. and we fear asking for outside resources, but that is how so many businesses 
are founded, you know, through friends and family rounds of investing, through private investments, you know, through even funding through traditional financial institutions. Like, I wouldn't want you to skip these other ways of investing and like seeking that additional help versus, you know, putting your entire livelihood and your future on the line. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Yeah. All right, foodie. Thank you for your question. Yes. Hopefully, you know, you take that with the, you know, with the love intended. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break, y'all, and be back with another of your BA Q&As. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Next up, we have Ken with the question. All right, Ken. Ken says, hi, my name is Ken, 25 years old. Oh, so young. I need your help badly. I feel like I'm drowning in debt and it's causing me to be depressed. I'm making $80,000 a year, but my car note is $700. I'm financing and my insurance is $600. I live in New York City, which explains everything you need to know. I pay $250 a month for parking. Due to my new role, I no longer need my car. I'm thinking about giving my car back since I don't use it. I also max out my credit card. I currently owe $7,500 and I have $30,000 in student loans. I currently live with my parents, so I don't pay much for rent. Can you please give me advice on how to lower my debt? Do you suggest me giving back my car and also um, make a settlement with my credit card? I eventually have to find my own apartment, but I feel like I won't get approved with my credit score, which is a 550, and I would barely be able to afford it. I would literally do anything and everything you tell me to do. Oh, I can. We love a listening a listening Baby. man. Right? <laughs> we love a listening man. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I know. So first, let's just acknowledge that, like, on the surface, Ken says, I make $80,000. And you're like, ooh. And then Ken says, I live in New York mm. City. And you're like, oh. <laughs> so, Mandy, you have lived in New York. Tell us what $80,000 is really looking like. Have you lived in New York? Right? You lived in New York. I lived in New York and I made $80,000 at a certain point. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, I'm an expert at being under underpaid in a very expensive city. Mm-hmm. But listen, like the thing that stands out for me is, first of all, you live in New York City. Why do you have a car that's $700? Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Well, when he said you, when he said his car note is $700 a month, my immediate thought was, damn, his, his credit score is probably on the lower side because... Mm-hmm. People with lower credit, and it turns out it is, it's 550. When you when you have a low credit score and you go for when you go to finance a car, you end up with like really long-term loans, very expensive, and the interest prices, the interest rates are just so high that it makes financing get really expensive. Um, I would say, like, and he also says he may not even need the car anymore because his job has changed or something like that. So I would say, yes, I would get rid of that car. Yeah. Um, ASAP, ASAP, so that you can free up some cash. What kind of insurance is six hundred dollars a month? Is that that can't be auto insurance? I think that's Does what that he's mean saying. annual. No, it, it, he probably annual. has a, full, a lot um, per month. 
Yeah, but well, that happens if you have low credit and he has a brand new car, so he have to get like the max insurance, and they probably maybe have taken mm. advantage of him. Because I'm not gonna lie, when Jarrell was here, when I met him, between his car note and his insurance, it was over a thousand dollars a month. I was like, bruh, it was the first thing that made him. My get rid of. God, yeah, yeah. Well, Ken will do anything you tell him to do right now, Tiffany. So we're saying get rid of the car, Ken. <laughs> so, Ken, I would- 250 um, a month for parking on top of that? Like, that's easily. That's, well, that's almost 2000 a month. Girl, la, la, la. Yeah. So that, get, getting rid of the car. But, but now it might not be as mm-hmm. easy because, you know, you're financing. So look what it looks like to sell the car back or maybe selling the car and then paying it off. Because, I mean, used cars are still being sold at a premium these days because- This is um, true. You know, so because here's the thing, because at the time I had Jarrell, he basically surrendered his car and they gave him whatever cash value and he still owed like a couple thousand on it. Um, but that's that was before. That was like, I wouldn't say like, maybe like four years ago, but it's different now because used cars go for, remember, um, Mandy, you guys sold your car, right? And you got damn near what yeah. you paid for it because right now, you know, parts are are slow to come by. And so you can sell a used car for much more and that will save you. Let's, so what's seven plus seven is 14. 1550. Is that what he's like? So right now that would save you 1550 a month. That's great. Okay. So now your credit card, I don't necessarily think you need to do necessarily like a settlement on your credit card. You don't, I know it seems like because you're 25 that you owe a lot. Relatively speaking, $30,000 in student loans is not that bad. I know it sounds bad, but it's not that bad. And $7,500 on a credit card is also not that bad relatively. You know, I'm like, oh, child, try what I owed a, a good hundred thousand, yeah. you know, so it's not that bad. I, I wouldn't necessarily um, settle my credit card debt. I think you can pay that off because look, if you are not paying this car note, the insurance and, and parking, you could put that toward your credit card and honestly have that paid off in a few months. That's what I would mm-hmm. lean toward doing. And in so doing, by paying it off, you're going to see your credit score jump like Jordan. Okay. Um, also, um, you might want to consider, so credit cards are what they call revolving debt. And so that is one type of credit to pay back, which you're already doing with your credit card. If you divert some of that car note money towards your credit card, you can get that paid off in a year. I would also consider there's a company called, it used to be called Self Lender, but I think they just call themselves Self now. Um, and the way Self works is that you quote unquote borrow money, but they don't give it to you. It's like, I think I always tell people choose the least amount of money. It's like $500. I think it's the smallest you borrow $500 then, but they keep it in a, um, in a mark money market account, basically a savings account for you. And then every month you pay that money back. And so instead of revolving credit, you're showing creditors and the credit reporting agencies that I know how to pay off a um, installment loan. That's a different type of credit. And so sometimes credit agencies like to see that you have that you know how to do both. You know how to do credit cards. You also know how to do loans. And so it's like I think it was like I want to say it's like forty one bucks a month if you would borrow five hundred. It's like forty one bucks a month, give or take. And at the end of the year, you get your five hundred dollars back because you know they never gave it to you and you paid it off plus a little bit of the interest, whatever the interest grew to. But it allows you over that year span. So you're going to be paying down your credit card debt doing this like fake fake out loan with um with self lender so two ways to show that you know how to manage credit so you should end the year credit card debt free and hopefully a much stronger credit score so you will be ready then to get your own apartment in a year you know which might seem like a long time but it's not i moved there, i moved out around the same age you were uh, because same i wasn't making much money and i was like how can i afford this so that's what i would lean into um 
Ken is doing uh, those things and trying not to get into any additional debt, you know? And if you have student loans um, that are federal, right now, I mean, they're still, because what is the moratorium up, Mandy? Is it October? Did they push it back? October, end of September, yeah. Like yeah, that. so you might not, and we'll see, we don't know what's going to happen. So I don't know if you have private student loans. Um, it sounds like they might be federal because they're not super high. So if you have um, uh, federal student loans, you're probably not making payments on that now anyway, which is which is great. Don't be afraid to pay just the minimum to that as you take care of this credit card debt and then bump it up, you know, as you, as you can pay more. And so don't, you know, stay home with the parents. I would give myself a year, work this plan. By then I would be linking up with Mandy if I was you. So you can make more money through your career. Okay, Ken. Um, yeah, you know, I'm worried for Ken. Like, I'm not going to lie. Living at home, 80K a year, you should be stacking. Mm-hmm. Like, you should be stacking your coins. Like this is the time. I remember when I was making 80K, you got me thinking back in my memories now. That's when Husband and I decided to move back in with his parents in New York. Mm. Oh, God help us. But um, to <laughs> save money. So That's we could save money. Oh, my God. Um, the in-laws. Anyway, lived with them so that we could purposefully save money so mm-hmm. that we wouldn't have to take on debt for our wedding. And it was one of the smartest things we did. And it's yeah. like, Ken, you're like, you're getting such a huge benefit of living there. I don't know if they charge you rent. You don't say that they do. So let's say they're living li- there a little bit. So I, oh, a little bit of rent. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. And if you can get this, if you can get that huge um, expense of the car off your plate yep. and you know you can cut whatever other expenses you can cut and get that credit card debt paid down you're still so young but this is a really this is a really crucial moment like when you're 25 the financial choices you can make today will can dictate whether or not you will reach like millionaire status yes you know down the line and they can dictate whether you'll be able to buy a house of your own someday you're talking about renting but think bigger like you can make choices today by getting rid of the car, paying down your debt, saving and investing your surplus money and not letting it, you know, run away from you. Mm-hmm. That could set you up like New York is really hella expensive, but you're 25. Like if you start saving and investing now for a home purchase, like in your 30s, like that may be enough time for you to accumulate the no- amount of money that you will need. So like think bigger than just what's in front of you. And I feel like in New York it's such a damn grind. And it's also, you do have those influences from people around you too. Like I get it. Like you want to get out of your parents' house, but I'm just saying, think bigger. I'm kind of giving you the same pep talk that I gave Husbay back in the day when, you know, he had, he moved out of his parents' house, like a Dominican household in, in, in in the Heights, like that's something you just didn't do until you were like in your thirties because of how expensive it is. Like people live with their parents for a long time, but he, Moved that onto his own. And he also found himself in a lot of debt living paycheck to paycheck. I just found out recently that he used to really go hungry in between paychecks because he was so proud. Like he didn't want to go home. And I was like, your mom would be pissed. What? Especially not because you said husband is like, you said they're Dominican? Dominican. Girl, not not their Dominican baby going hungry. That's one thing. No, (laughs) I know. (laughs) She would kill him. But that's how, you know, but he was really thinking like, I want to get my own place. And so he got his own place and it was like more than he could afford. And like, there's also the pressure to get a car because if you're not going to leave your parents' house, you at least want to be able to like go do your own thing on the weekends and like have a little bit of freedom. But like, I had to help him think even bigger than that too. Like, what's the opportunity here? You can really become wealthy if you take some steps today. And of course, also increase your earnings at the same time. But I'm just like, come on, Ken take advantage of this gift that you have. Um, And yeah, your credit is crappy now. But like Tiffany said, once you pay off this debt, you know, get rid of that car, 
like jump like Jordan, I mean, I have no doubt that your credit will bounce back. And then it's about, okay, let's keep it there and recognize how do we get in the situation in the first place? And like, let's try not to do that. Let's not try to do that again, Ken. (laughs) We can help it. And then find you a wife like me and then, you know, you'll be good. (laughs) Or partner. We don't know. That's right. Find yourself a partner (laughs) who will help you level up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, Ken, thank you for the question. You can take every single piece of advice that we gave you, but just remember we are financial besties, not your Mm -hmm. financial um, advisor or financial planner. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take our advice with a huge fat grain of salt, right? At the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But thank you again for your question. Yes. And if you have questions, please ask us. Um, And we will see you next week um, for more BAQA and just regular Brown Ambition on our regular Wednesdays. Bye. See y'all, BA fam. Hey, BA fam. We could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru, and I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host, and I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.